Hello, my name is Sarah and I am your Chakra Coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hello, everybody. What an interesting week it has been hearing from some of you about last week's show on toxic positivity. It is a real struggle, for sure, trying not to put on a happy face for someone else's benefit. And noticing when we're doing it is the first step in reducing the negative effect that it can have on us. So good for us for recognizing our emotional needs and working towards meeting them. It's, it's healthier all the way around when we can do that. So let's keep working toward balance in our lower chakras and we'll feel so much better physically and emotionally. This week we're talking about emotional and mental toxicity as it relates to other people the slow-acting poison that certain relationships are in our lives. Now, let me start by saying something that a lot of people don't like. I don't think there are toxic people. People who are inherently poison. And I get a lot of pushback on this, but I really believe that. And some of you are thinking of a specific person that you just know is the exception. The person who is truly toxic and just leaves destruction wherever they go. And here's what I want to offer in response. If that person listened to this podcast, I would mean every word I said about them being worthy of care, love, and self-respect. I say that we are each valuable in the world, that we are each love just the way we are, and that has to apply to everyone. As terrifying as that is to think that everyone is part of the universe and therefore belongs to that highest vibration of love, it's true. We don't get to pick who is and who isn't part of that. Because if we did, someone somewhere would pick you and me as the toxic people. And we know that we're not. So even if it's uncomfortable, let's reframe our thinking. And you may still be feeling like, I can't possibly be right. Like you want to turn this podcast off because I'm going to say that everyone is just fine the way they are and you don't want any part of that. I get it. I do. I get it. But if you would, just hang in there with me and I think we can make it through. When we talk about toxic people, we're usually talking about someone who upsets us, who brings negative feelings into our lives, usually on a very consistent long-term basis. Someone who brings up thoughts and feelings in us that we don't want, who makes us feel bad or brings us down, or we feel it's constantly trying to manipulate us and their presence and our interactions with them is slowly poisoning our spirit. Toxic. 
And here's where toxic relationships come in because the two are inextricably linked. What if, what if we could reframe our idea of that person from toxic into an allergen, like pollen or something, or, or, or peanut butter? Certain people are allergens to us. What does that mean? Well, you may be deathly allergic to eggs. Even the tiniest amount of egg accidentally ingested could cause anaphylactic shock that needs immediate medical attention. But I eat eggs no problem. Love them. In fact, I consider them one of the most important foods in my diet. What if people were like that? They aren't toxic. They're just something that doesn't work for us in that moment, or in some cases, ever. Someone that brings out the parts of you that you don't like brings out the parts of me that I love. An allergen has no moral value. It isn't good or bad. It just is, and it's how we react to it that creates our experience. To paraphrase a famous philosopher... They did what they did because that's what they did. And that's their problem. And I reacted the way I reacted because that's the way I reacted. And that's my problem. That's Ramdas, by the way. So why is this important? Why does it even matter whether we call people toxic? I can give you my opinion and you can take it or leave it. But I believe that categorizing people as toxic or trash or any other way of referring to human beings as disposable brings us all down. It creates more division in the world. And I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted from how fractured we are, from the constant ripping apart. And I don't want to contribute to that anymore. But that doesn't mean I have to eat milk products if I can't tolerate them. That doesn't mean I have to bring flowers into my house if they make me sneeze. But I'm not going to just cut those things out of the world or suggest they shouldn't exist or negate their value to the planet or to other people. So I've chosen to change the language. The language we use creates harmony or discord in our throat chakra and other chakras too but a lot in the throat, since that's how we communicate with others and ourselves. And if you have too much or too little energy in the throat chakra, consider looking at the language you're using to describe yourself and others. It can make a big difference. If you have trouble expressing yourself, new words and new ideas can make it easier. Or if you find yourself talking about others in a negative way a lot, finding balance in the throat chakra so it acts as a filter, not changing what you feel, just how you put it into the world. Are we putting our thoughts and feelings out with love and compassion or with anger, with understanding or with competition? Now, of course, You can decide what you want to say and how you want to say it. You don't have to listen to me. I just suggest that we take the time 
to be conscious of the decisions we make around our language. That's all. That we say what we mean, how we mean it. See what happens if you reframe your internal and external language around calling another human being toxic. We don't have to accept abusive behavior or agree with someone's opinions or enjoy their company even. But moving away from putting that dark label on someone, a name or description that separates us from them can help raise our own consciousness and vibration. It can help us to start to experience all of humanity as connected rather than separate. It is a task, to be sure. But every single one of us is working through our own stuff, and we can start in our day-to-day, person-to-person lives. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So, what does all that mean for? Toxic relationships. That's another hot term. A relationship that brings nothing but negativity into the world. How does that exist without a person bringing toxicity to the table? Because there are definitely relationships that don't improve our lives and can actually make our lives worse by engaging in them. Well, we can start to think of chemical reactions. There are chemicals that are, by themselves, perfectly stable. They're not dangerous. They don't cause harm or reactions. They simply exist in the world. But when a specific other chemical comes into contact with them, it causes an explosion. It's not either substance's fault that the explosion happened. They were just minding their own business and then connected with something that happened to cause a violent outcome. Maybe we can think of people like that. Maybe we can think of ourselves like that. Now, at this point, some of us have a reaction. We think, no, you don't understand. This person is really terrible and they have horrible thoughts and they do and say really objectively negative things. Okay, I believe you. I think that about people sometimes too, so I get it. People whose behavior is so abhorrent to you that seems so completely wrong that you could never meet in the middle. Yes, there are for sure going to be people like that. People that we are never going to accept. Okay, I I get it. I get it. And unless you're trying to become so fully enlightened that you can send unconditional love to everyone in the world, including war criminals, psychopaths, whatever, then let those people go. Because there are people in the world who love those people, who are able to transcend all of that and still fully accept them as part of humanity. But that's probably not us. Not not yet, anyway. And that's okay. 
I am certainly not saying that you have to love and accept them too, but that's an extreme example. Let's talk about our daily interactions, the toxic relationships that are more common than that. The ex you have to engage with because you share custody of children. The friend who seems like she never has anything positive to say. The family member who undermines your beliefs. Let's talk about those toxic relationships. Those relationships that even the thought of them throws your sacral chakra, the seat of relationships and emotions, off balance. What can we do about those? Well, energetically and practically, we have three options. The first is to let go of the relationship completely. To mark it as a complete relationship that has traveled the full journey that it was meant to take. Tie it up with a beautiful bow and send that person on their way to journey elsewhere. You'll notice I didn't say cut them out of your life. It's more subtle than that. Now on the practical side, you can stop engaging with them which can be a hard stop or a soft stop. Hard stop, of course, means you block their number, remove them from your social media, and avoid any opportunity to see them. It's hard, but sometimes it's a must, especially if they are causing you physical harm. Emotional disentanglement is a little more challenging. We can become addicted to the highs and lows that those relationships create, especially if it replicates our childhood experiences. We feel abnormal or or dulled without these strong emotional swings that some relationships create. We never experience peace or contentment, but we get that huge rush of emotions. But if you're done with that, and you decide a relationship no longer has a place in your life, it's going to leave you energetically confused. Your sacral chakra, accustomed to operating on full blast, high excessive energy all the time, can then feel restless and uncomfortable. You, you might have physical sensations that go with it that are, are terribly uncomfortable. That's when you rely on all the energetic work that you've been doing on balancing your chakras. Or you start it now. A full chakra balancing meditation, mindfulness work. Or maybe you go back to episode 65 and learn or relearn about sacral chakra trauma and how to heal. With a lot of relationships, when we end them, we forget to focus on healing our energetic selves. Thinking that just removing the relationship will end the pain. It might, but more often, we need to focus some attention on our sacral chakras to promote healing. Now, sometimes a hard stop isn't practical or even possible. There are people that we have to have some sort of relationship. Co-parenting is a prime example. You can reduce your interactions, kind of a, a soft stop, but some engagement is required. And that's where your next two strategies for managing toxic relationships come into play. If we continue with our chemicals and explosion analogy, we can think of some reactions as also having an enzyme that facilitates the reaction. There are lots of bodily processes that require two ingredients, two chemicals, 
plus an activator, we can call it, heat or a third substance, something. Something without that activator, the reaction doesn't happen and the chemicals stay stable. There are relationships that are just fine or manageable at least until something else comes into them. Maybe a subject of discussion that's highly contentious, religion, politics, parenting styles, all the things that we're not supposed to discuss in polite company. If you're in a toxic relationship that doesn't have the possibility of completion or complete letting go, a person that you will see indefinitely because of some other connection, we have to find ways to be present in a healthy way. Can you avoid the enzyme, the activator that causes the explosion? If certain topics cause friction, can they simply be avoided? I use this strategy in some relationships and have found that simply being honest is helpful. I don't want to talk about this because I don't like how it negatively affects our relationship. It's unlikely that we'll ever agree on this topic, but we don't have to agree for me to love you and value you as a human being. You don't even have to say those things out loud if it isn't safe or you don't want to. But just having that internal dialogue can reduce your stress and make the interaction more peaceful, at least for you. If there's a relationship that you want to keep or need to keep, but certain topics make it feel toxic, this is a good strategy. You have to decide for yourself which relationships are worth keeping. Even if you don't feel you're bringing your full self into them, you have to decide what your priorities are. And that's, that's total chakra work, being sure you're in balance as you make these important decisions. It is specifically heart and third eye chakra work, though. Using your heart and your intuition to make a good choice that serves you, that leads you closer to the person you want to be, can really help. If you'd like to keep a beloved family member in your life, you'll have to figure out your expectations for the relationship. Always remembering that we can't change other people as much as we want to. So much of the time, I think our toxic interactions come from desperately wishing that people were different than they are. That they believed different or better or nicer things that if they would just believe what we believe and think everyone should believe, they would be a better person and would stop being so toxic. If they just act the way that we think they should, the relationship would lose its poison. If they'd stop being so negative about everything in their lives, then our lives would be better. Their lives might be better too. But since we can't actually control what people think, believe, say, or do, we need to really explore our hearts and intuition to see what we want in a relationship and if it's worth holding on to, even if we have to avoid certain topics or play peacemaker when we'd rather fight. Which leads to the last option for managing what we call a toxic relationship. Change the chemical that you are. If you're one half of a chemical reaction, we're still in our analogy here, stay with me. If you're one half of a chemical reaction, then what if that chemical wasn't present? 
it'll be tough for the explosion to happen. Now, let me be 100% clear. I am not asking you to literally change who you are or your belief system or anything drastic. Except that some of this chakra work that we do on ourselves does change who we are. Or at the very least, it can help us find that emotional and mental peace that most of us are looking for. And then it feels like when we experience a toxic relationship, it feels like that we just go back to the way we were. We fall back into old habits and patterns. Well, that's being human for you. If you're an adult and you've ever gone back to the house where you grew up, did you find yourself acting like a child again? Or have you had the experience of someone who was an adult in your childhood treating you as if you were a child again? Or getting together with friends from the past. It's easy to go back to the relationship you had in the past and the behaviors you had in the past. We think we've changed so much. And then we go right back to our old ways. It's okay. I'm pretty sure everyone does it at least once. The idea is that we don't make it a lifelong habit that we start to explore ways that we can change ourselves to change our relationships, both past and present. Which brings us back to the sacral chakra. We want to bring our current balanced chakra to any interactions rather than letting our energy be affected by our circumstances. If we don't bring the energy to the relationship that we've always brought to the relationship, the relationship changes. One of the best ways to do this is to work in ourselves change our expectations of the relationship. This is sacral and throat chakra work primarily, though don't discount the effects of the other chakras as well. But we work through our emotions to see what it is that we're expecting of the other person, what it is that we think they should be doing and that they're not, or vice versa, what they are doing that we think they shouldn't. That's causing the relationship to be toxic. And then We work toward letting go of our rule book for them. Because we know we can't force people to change no matter how much we might like to. We can start to see that not only are they not capable of meeting our expectations at this time, they are under no obligation to. Nor, and this is really important, are we responsible for following their rules and their expectations for us. And I say this is important. Have you ever heard a story from two perspectives? Uh, heard two people tell you completely different versions of the same event. Most of the time when I have that experience, I conclude that the truth must be somewhere in the middle, that most likely both people were doing what they thought was right at the time. If we can start to imagine that our experience of a relationship is only one half of the experience, it, it can be easier to be generous to come to each interaction with the intent to understand rather than force someone to understand us. This is what we can do to change a toxic relationship. I'll give you an example from my own life. Years and years ago, I had a friend who was really fun to hang out with in public in large groups, but when it came time for us to hang out and talk and connect, She only talked about herself. She was always negative and the relationship felt extremely one-sided as if I was doing all the giving and she was doing all the taking. And I really didn't like it. I thought she was selfish and taking advantage of me. 
So I started listening to all the things that our other friends said about her, you know, to really get evidence for my side. And they all said things like, oh, she's such a good listener. She's always there for me. She's the kind of friend that you call at 3 a.m. and they pick up no matter what. And I was like, do we have the same friend? That is, that's not how she is at all. In fact, she just expects that from other people and she would never do that for anyone else. But selfishly, I wanted to keep the relationship because, because she was so fun to go out with, if I'm honest. That's not great motivation, I know, and I'm not proud of it. However, because I decided for whatever reason that I wanted to keep the relationship, I figured I better change me. I decided that if she was such a good listener for her other friends, maybe she didn't have anyone who listened to her. And maybe it was an honor that she felt close enough to me to share her vulnerable side. So every time we interacted, I let that thought be my guide. That was the story I told myself. That was the work I did in my throat chakra to change the narrative about our relationship. I don't know if it was true or not. doesn't matter. I changed the narrative for myself. And something amazing happened. Without me adding these expectations to the relationship, it began to grow. And I felt better in every interaction. I didn't pile suffering onto myself by wondering why she didn't say and do what I thought she should. I changed me. I changed my emotional expressions, sacral and throat chakra, and changed the relationship from toxic and negative to something beautiful. And it turns out she is a spectacular friend who is a good listener. And although I've never called her at 3 a.m., I have no doubt that if I did, she'd pick up. It's been about 15 years, and I still count her as one of my closest friends. And I'm so glad, I am so grateful that she didn't change to suit me because she's perfect, exactly the way she is. Change what you bring to the relationship. Can you bring new energy that changes the toxicity level? It's a real question and you you will have to answer it for yourself. Can you do that? If you can, you may amaze yourself at the relationships you can build. And if you can't, for whatever reason, that's fine too. Be sure you like your reason. Be sure that the reason is in line with your higher self. But make these decisions with consciousness and not out of habit, not out of old energy. And instead of just violently cutting people and relationships out of your life, let's see if we can use the inner work we're doing to change toxicity into growth. That's what I have for you this week. None of this is easy. I am just here to offer you ways to use your chakra system to improve your mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being. And this is one way that we can do that for ourselves. Let me know what you think about it, if it was helpful, or if you think I'm way out of line here. I'll take it all, all the feedback. You can reach me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Chakra Coach. And if you think this podcast is bringing value into your life, that it's worth three or five or ten dollars a month, I would love for you to head over to the Patreon page. Your contribution gets you some bonus content, and it also helps me to make the show to keep putting out episodes each week. 
I so look forward to engaging with you every single week. So until next time, I love you all. Have a wonderful day. Bye.